This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, Dr. Ron Zoko, one of the world-class dentists from BC Perio, will join us with a look ahead at this new year in dentistry. But first, here are some more of the week's top consumer stories. And the Bank of Canada left its trend-setting interest rate unchanged this week at 1.75%, as the decline in oil prices has temporarily darkened its economic outlook for the coming months. Before long, however, the central bank expects the economy to expand more vigorously, and it stresses more rate hikes will be necessary over time. In its first policy announcement of this new year, the bank said the recent drop in crude prices will result in slower-than-expected growth in an economy that has otherwise been performing pretty well. The bank is now projecting growth to be just 1.7% this year, down from its October forecast of 2.1%, but looking ahead, it anticipates fresh momentum starting in the second quarter and strong numbers next year 2020. Our central bank has been gradually raising rates since mid-2017, but the pace at which future increases arrive remains a big question, and the Bank of Canada says the timing of its next hike will depend on several factors, especially developments in the oil markets, the Canadian housing sector, and global trade policy. Still, analysts are now expecting two interest rate hikes this year compared with the four we had last year. Toyota on Wednesday announced a recall of 1.7 million vehicles in North America as part of a general effort to replace those defective Takata airbags tied to some 20 deaths worldwide. Toyota didn't say whether it had been notified of injuries or serious incidents related specifically to the latest recall. This huge recall concerns forerunner SUVs from model years 2010 to 2016, Corolla sedans, and Matrix hatchbacks, hatchbacks from 2010 to 2013, Sienna minivans from 2011 to 2014, and the recall also involves many luxury Lexus models, and the Scion XB Compact from 2010 to 2015 model years are also involved. Dealerships will replace either the airbag inflators or the entire airbag systems if necessary. And last week, Ford recalled just under a million vehicles to address the same Takata airbag problems. This is Toyota's third large-scale Takata-related recall in five months. You may recall in November we reported the firm at that time recalled 1.6 million vehicles worldwide. New drone rules announced for Canadians this week. Ben has more on that later in the hour. They take your order, they serve up food and drinks, and they come back to clean up. But should you tip your flight attendant... Frontier Airlines is saying, yeah, you should, sure. Flight attendants on the Denver-based airline began accepting individual tips last week, January 1st. Until this year, flight attendants were required to pool tips. Passengers who order refreshments now get a prompt from the Frontier payment system that they have the option to leave a tip. It offers customers the options of 15, 20, or 25% custom gratuity or... 
I prefer not to leave a gratuity. Some flight attendants and labor unions are opposed to the tipping policy. The Association of Flight Attendants International, a union representing 50,000 flight attendants at 20 airlines, including the folks at Frontier, very much opposed to the tipping policy, saying flight attendants should instead just be paid better. The median annual salary for a flight attendant in 2017 was about 50 grand U.S. Industry analysts say no other U.S carrier gives passengers the ability to tip flight attendants uh, flight attendants rather and they don't expect other airlines to follow frontiers lead either so it's a thing now just so you know how many hundred dollars did that seat cost you <laughs> and you get what on your flight a glass of water and a thing of peanuts and they want to be tipped Good luck. And finally, Metro Town will be all decked out in tulips two weeks from today as 10,000 Fraser Valley tulips will decorate Metro Town in the form of a giant heart that visitors will be able to buy at least portions of it and take home in bunches of tulips. All money raised will go to Variety, the children's charity, to help special needs kids across B.C. Should be fun and kind of pretty, too. That's two weeks from today at Metro Town. Those are some more of the top consumer stories we're keeping a watch on this week. Uh, coming up in just a couple of moments, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio joins us with his look ahead to 2019. This is Vancouver Consumer right here on 980 CKNW. And welcome back to the program. It's Sterling Fox with you on this Saturday afternoon on Vancouver Consumer. And it's a pleasure to welcome back Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio to the program. A belated Happy New Year to you, Dr. Ron, and welcome back. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sterling. Nice to be back, and Happy New Year to you, well, too. Well, thanks very much. It's a very interesting uh, a time in your field as technology and dentistry have harmonized. Uh, and you've been at this for quite a few years, a few decades. I think I'm pretty comfortable in saying but the harmony between technology, the fusion between technology and technique is is happening now at a rate that I doubt even you could have imagined oh, 10 years ago. Oh, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, and there's good and there's bad with this. And uh, technology has the opportunity to facilitate and improve characters of treatment for sure. But there is also that that possibility that we may be overlooking something in terms of the art form and technology itself can't necessarily co compensate for the lost art forms. There are things that's in the details that are missed when we rely too much on the technology. But having said that, when you combine the two, right. a good art form and the technology, you get some Gorgeous results. Right. So fab fabulous, cutting-edge technology and that all-important human touch. Absolutely true. Okay. Now, here's a newspaper headline I saw over the vacation, Christmas vacation time, and I, I immediately marked it, flagged it, and just put it into a little folder and said, got to talk to Dr. Ron about this on the radio. It's from the National Post. And the headline reads, brace yourself. Arrival of do-it-yourself orthodontics sparks dental turf war. And it goes on to ask, will it be a hot war with protest and acrimony like Uber versus taxis? Or, which we, of course, have no idea what that's like in Vancouver, the only city with no Uber, but that's a whole other show. Or is the outcome inevitably foretold no matter what, as in Netflix versus Blockbuster? And we're talking about these, these kits that you can order, and there's a huge TV campaign going on right now, Dr. Ron, uh, 
and it's all about you send away to some dental supply company, and they send you a series of of uh, uh, inserts that, that like uh, hockey players wear those uh, that cover your teeth, and eventually over a series of months wearing these I- inserts religiously, uh, your teeth will reshape themselves. So t- tell us what you know about this, because that's what we see on the TV commercials, and we see it a lot these days. There is a great, great tendency for the business of dentistry to be co-opted by those who want to make it sound really simple. And there's risk in that. And okay. some cases work out gorgeously. But this technology is designed to move teeth in relationship to each other so they look better. Right. The problem is, is that if you don't have a dentist involved in the analysis, the diagnosis, and treatment planning in the process, then you have a blind point, which could come back at you and bite you in the butt. Uh-huh. And if the, for example, if you move teeth around, the relationship between the upper and the lower teeth will shift. And if there is an, and often there is when orthodontics is done, even with the most optimal and routine orthodontics using braces and not the Invisalign protocols that we are talking about right now, that there has to be refinement in the bites of the relationship of the teeth right. are kept stable. Because they can kill teeth if you have a premature bite. Some of you hit one tooth a little bit too hard on a routine and regular basis. You can kill the nerve. You can break the tooth down. You could lose teeth. So this has a blind spot, which may not affect everybody, but it will definitely affect some if you don't get good expert assessment of where you are orthodontically. Now, a lot of orthodontists use this technology. Okay. But they do that in harmony with understanding what the pros and cons are. Well, and, and they underst- would supervise the use of the technology Indeed too, as opposed do. to something you send back and forth and get in the mail. Exactly. Okay. So, but if you don't explain that to the average person, the average person just takes a look and says, I can send away for this. I get this kit. I can save thousands and thousands of dollars sure. and get a nice smile. Right. And if, the rest of the information isn't present, then there's going to be a long-term issue. Okay, so uh, uh, I suppose it's all about the start point then, isn't it? For example, if you are a regular patient to a family dentist and you've been working with the dentist and you know, because you've had it pointed out to you, that your teeth are, are poorly aligned and you need to do something, whether it's braces, you need to make some corrective measure, take some corrective measure, and, and you'll get your smile the way you want it, but right now it's not happening. So the dentist then would suggest a program that you could go on and, and, and get it done. However, if you're diagnosing yourself, you look in your mirror in the morning and go, gee, the old teeth are really out of whack here, and I, I saw that ad on TV. So if I send away, I can see it. It's right here. This one's crooked, and so is that one. So if I send away, I can get all that fixed, and it's not going to cost me a fraction of what, of what those, those downtown dentists are going to charge me. That's absolutely true, and there is a risk in doing that. Right. So, and the risk is simply you don't know what you're doing. You're not a dentist. <laughs> That's a good start point, right? That's a great starting point. <laughs> There's a lot of dentists there, general dentists there. We have that field, especially field of orthodontics, where it takes several years of extra training over and above dentistry to understand the principles within orthodontics and all those factors that go into diagnosing and treatment planning cases so that you end up with a result that's stable long term, right. ideally for the rest of your life. And and when you subvert that process 
and presume that treatment can be provided without that information available to you and the technology uh, and understanding of how to apply this, the uh, services that are available, then we run that risk. And some people, as I say, will get a beautiful result and there'll be everything will be fine. Others We'll find quite the opposite. Now, at, at BC Paro, and you and your colleagues have been on this program for quite a number of years now, we talked about the myriad of services that you offer. Uh, is, one of, is, is this alignment stuff, uh, that approach, or something similar to it, one of the multiple services offered by BC Perio? <laughs> no, it is not. Okay. <laughs> and the reality is, is none of us at BC Perio know enough about orthodontics to presume to treat people as well as people who are trained in the field. Aha. Our field is prosthodontics and periodontics and implant-related reconstructive dentistry. Okay. One of the things that we learned from your colleague, Dr. Bobby Birdie, who visited with us before our Christmas break, was the fact that, you know, it's, it, it, it's not one or the other. It's not black and white. It's not you either get dentures or you get implants. You can, there are all sorts of possibilities and mixing and matching and options. There are more options than typical customers or dental patients would understand. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and Dr. Birdie knows full well, being a specialist in periodontics and prosthodontics, he has command of two specialties that serves him incredibly well in understanding this in detail. I get my information of having spent more than 40 years in practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I have the experience there. Now, what I can tell you is that it is rare to have only one specialty involved or one specialty a specific field in dentistry that's going to resolve a lot of issues when people start losing teeth and shifting teeth around and having uh, orthodontic, what we call malocclusions and such. And we go to rehabilitate those people. There are a myriad of different things that we have to look at, a number of specialties, some of which we need to have expertise provided in, a, in a, assistance with what we know already mm-hmm. to help guide us just to the optimal treatment. So people coming in, we might get a consult from an oral surgeon or an orthodontist or an endodontist. Right, and you that call will, in whoever is appropriate to be uh, called in on the case. We do, and we will and we will take all that information along with the skill sets that we have and, st- and come to a ideal recommendation for the patient based on their priorities and desires. I don't mean to be discourteous to uh, your peers in in your field, but one of the things that you do at BC Perio from time to time is, well, fix up uh, uh, attempts at uh, dental solutions that didn't work out so well <laughs> as done by others. We call that revisions. Okay. We're going to redo it, if you will. Okay. And and there are times when that occurs, and that's one of the things that happens with uh, Dr. Birdie and I. If there are surgical solutions that haven't worked out all that well for some patients in different areas, we often will be able to take care of it. And we are doing that on a fairly regular basis. We're recovering, uh, let's say, damaged surgical procedures Mm -hmm. from other doctors. Exactly. Uh, Back to these uh, TV ads, if you don't mind for a second, Dr. Ron. If you have uh, teeth that are poorly aligned, is the only remedy uh, uh, either braces or one of these uh, kits that you send away for in the mail or what would another dental approach be? There's a lot of factors that go into that. So if somebody comes in and they have what we call um, an unesthetic smile, 
which is I think we're, we're probably talking about more than for the average person who wants to have their teeth realigned, mm-hmm. is probably for cosmetics. And we have to take a look at a number of things. We have to take a look at the relationship of the upper and lower teeth. We need to see uh, what the biting structure is like and what you can do with the teeth in terms of its movement relative to the end result. And are we going to create a, a better result? Just having an aesthetics that doesn't last very long mm-hmm. is not a good idea. So we have to take a look at the relationship teeth. We can take a look at um, the breakdown, how much damage is done to the tooth structure itself. Because sometimes the teeth are heavily broken down and they are into the consideration for crown and bridge work to rebuild and stabilize the structural integrity of all the teeth, then we may accomplish the results with just crown and bridge. But a lot depends on the sophistication and severity of the problem. But this is where the analysis comes in. And uh, it's not just uh, a black and white that if you have this, you go in that direction, or you have that, you go in that direction. Right. And then the cost comes into it as well. We have to ask the patient time, they, they don't mind investing in the rehabilitation of their dental health or costs that are involved in the rehabilitation process. And sure. we've got to weigh all of that and see if we can come to a, some solution that makes sense to the patient within the, what we understand to be high quality care. So is it possible then, Dr. Ron, that a person at BC Perio, either in Coquitlam or in Vancouver, is going to sit down and, 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 and you're going to find out that there, there is some wear and tear uh, and there are, there, there's some reconstruction required and so on. But they, a lot of people go into a situation like this going, well, I guess they're just going to pull every tooth in my head and give me either dentures or implants and that's that. And that, again, is simply not the case. If there's a, a tooth worth saving, why would you pull it out and replace it with something more expensive if you can save it for half the cost and match it up with whatever else is going on? <laughs> That's very true. In fact, uh, I get I got a patient in this past week, actually, who requested to have all her teeth out. And I took a look at her situation and I said, why? She says, I want a better smile. I says, if I can give you a smile... That's as nice as what you envision having your teeth taken out and me putting an implant to support teeth in. And I can do it by keeping your natural teeth. Would you consider it? And the answer was, well, maybe. And I said, well, what are the factors? And she says, well, how about the cost? Right. Well, sometimes the cost is prohibitive depending on the damage done to the bone structure, soft tissue, and all of these factors that come into place. Right. And in her case, that the right solution for her was to remove the remaining teeth, even though we're good, and to go to implant-supported teeth. And that made a lot of sense for her because the cost was about, oh, about a half as much as trying to save her natural teeth. And it could be done literally in one day, whereas the other one would take about a year and a half. Ah, okay. So again, it's, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a whole uh, uh, conjunction of factors that go into making the decision, the final call as to what you're going to do, and not the least of which is the amount of time required for the, for the exercise, correct? Absolutely. And, and this is where it's important for the dentist who's doing this type of work to, is to be cognizant and comprehensively trained in all aspects of this type of care so that the options can be made available to the patient. Our guest in studio for their first appearance of 2019, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers on Johnson Street in Coquitlam and at 777 West Broadway in Vancouver. Phone lines are open. We'll continue with Dr. Zokel and we'll take some calls after the news. 
And welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox in studio with Dr. Ron Zoko from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Coquitlam and in Vancouver. Uh, talking about uh, dentistry in 2019. Dr. Ron, you've been in the business for quite some time. And I'll bet you, like my experience with the radio business, the dental practice and the practice of dentistry that you got into when you first started just almost, almost doesn't resemble anything that's being done in the business today. It's changed that dramatically. It really has, Sterling. And I, I recall that when I graduated, uh, I felt my father's a dentist. I practiced with him for the first 20 years. And uh, what I found is that I had to relearn everything. Because what you learn in school is so basic that mm-hmm. if you want to do something really advanced and really good, you got to go relearn and find out what's up to date. Sure. And, and even from what I learned after I graduated to, to where we are right now is massively different. Massively different. I'll bet. Uh, in, in terms of uh, reasons that people would go to BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers, it's, it's your, the service that you provide is beyond what the family dentist would do with the, the annual checkups and all of that stuff. So a couple of questions here. First, do you need a referral from your family dentist to be seen by the world-class dentist at BC Perio? You do not need a referral from a dentist. However, if you need general dentistry and, and our examination and determination of what your, what your concerns are, uh, we may find that there are needs that you have that we don't provide, in which case we will find a general dentist for you. Okay. Okay. So you, 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 may not, you don't just uh, take people in. Uh, uh, you can't afford to take the time to, to deal with some patients because you just don't have that uh, ability on site. Well, we do have a focus in the services we provide, sure. which means that those services which are not within that focus are things that we refer to other dentists. I get it. Okay. Uh, cosmetic dentistry versus the sort of practical reason. What percentage of people come to BC Perio for what would be essentially cosmetic reasons versus my teeth are really hopelessly messed up and I'm, I'm in pain and, you know, all the, the, the typical reasons people go to dentists. Well, we have a both concerns, actually. Some people will come in and they let their teeth go and they're structurally poor and in, in terrible shape, but that also contributes to the poor aesthetic situation. So often they're there, everybody has a cosmetic perspective. Very few come in and say, you know something, my teeth don't function that well. Uh, we don't see too many of that. Normally they're there because they realize they got pain, number one. Number mm-hmm. two, it doesn't look so good or it doesn't feel so good. So uh, we would say that the pain factor and the unesthetic factor become the main criteria by which people come into our office. wanted to ask you about whitening. For some reason, I watched a lot of TV over the holidays, Dr. Ron. Perhaps you can tell. <laughs> but I've seen, I see just a whack of commercials every day for teeth whiteners and techniques and, and uh, pastes and uh, applications, those strips and all the rest of it. Can you talk to us a little bit about teeth whiteners? Are they all safe, first and foremost? Uh, I think for the most part, the products that are available on the shelf are safe as provided you follow the manufacturer's instructions. Okay. So depending on the material that's being uh, used to whiten your teeth, uh, they are specific in their instructions as to how you're supposed to use it. So I would caution everybody to follow the direction that the instructions have. Right. So rather than, uh, I've got kind of yellowy teeth, but now 
I've got those strips. So instead of leaving them on for 20 minutes or whatever the recommended time is, I'm just going to put one of those on and leave it on all day. Get rid of this yellow stuff in a hurry. Perhaps <laughs> not a smart approach, right? No. And, and now you're taking risks that you don't need to take. And um, if you're looking for results without problems, again, manufacturer instructions are the way to go. Okay. Uh, back to dentures, if you don't mind. And we were talking about costs before we had to break for the news. And so in terms of, of cost to the consumer, uh, what do dentures represent versus implants? Well, dentures uh, are the artificial teeth when you don't have teeth. Right. Now we have partial dentures and we have full dentures. Partial dentures are where you're missing a few teeth and still retain some natural teeth in your mouth. And full dentures when you have no teeth on a one or the upper or lower jaw. Okay. And, and the cost of these procedures is very, very low compared to implant-supported teeth. Now, the implants go in the bone structure, um, and you can still have a denture on top of it, which could be screwed down to the implant. So they, they work in harmony with each other. But people who can't afford to or choose not to have implant-supported teeth can have the dentures. And this is a very reasonable service for those people who find themselves in a position where it's not appropriate to have implants. Right. And one of the things that you have done in the last year, or the last couple of years, certainly since you and I started doing this program together, is uh, bring a lot of the uh, denture from the denture part of the of the of the uh, the service, uh, you brought a lot of that in house. You don't farm anything out anymore. If a person comes to BC Perio and needs dentures, all of the work is done right down to the creation of the actual denture right there at BC Perio. Yeah. And it's better than that, actually. Interestingly enough, you say that it's absolutely true, Sterling. We have it all in house. But what the beauty of this is is the dentures we create are significantly better than the dentures that were previously done by other laboratories right. where the conventional denture. The conventional denture is porous and brittle and will break easily. These dentures here are milled. They're out of a solid block of material. Oh. And as such, don't have the porosity. They don't discolor as much. They're stronger and they fit better. It's very, very interesting to see how this is where the technology has really made a dramatic difference. And they're not more expensive. Right. And as far as fit goes, um, dentures, you've talked to us about this in the past, uh, because uh, when, you, when you wear dentures, uh, you're, you're basically putting something on top of where your teeth used to be. And eventually that bone that the teeth used to grow in starts to deteriorate, and that will cause the denture to not quite fit as well as it once did when it was installed a year or two or more ago. That's correct. And, and what we find is that as the bone structure underneath the denture deteriorates or what we call atrophies or resorbs, then the denture is more ill-fitting. Right. And as such, it hastens the degree of bone loss underneath it as well. So this is where the because relays, it's banging around on top of well, it. Well, the the forces that are put onto the denture then go through the gum tissue onto the bone structure. And if you damage the soft tissue significantly with the biting forces, you create an inflammatory response which causes further and further bone loss. As the bone deteriorates in size, those forces in there can become greater and greater, mm -hmm. thereby accelerating the degree of bone remodeling and and bone loss. So this is why we find that re doing relines on dentures every few years or such sometimes will be absolutely essential to prevent more rapid bone loss underneath them. Interesting. Better fit 
and less less problems. So anyone listening to us right now who is wearing dentures, partial or full, who hasn't had uh, a professional take a look at them with respect to the fit, should probably have, uh, what's a typical lifespan of a fit before you should have it checked out and maybe snugged up a little bit? (laughs) Everybody's a little different, Sterling. I I have seen patients who've been wearing a denture, a specific denture for 30 years with almost no bone change underneath. Oh my, okay. Now I've seen that. Is it a rarity? Absolutely, it's a rarity. So the average person after about uh, a year or two probably should have it checked at very least. I would say recommend once a year to see how it's how it's uh, how the denture is coming along. If there is significant bone change and the denture is getting a bit loose early, that's a sign that you might want to have it realigned in order to stabilize the denture and reduce the potential for more aggressive bone loss. Okay, so is it does it happen? You've been at this a long time. Does it happen where someone comes in and gets a denture? And it's okay and all the rest of it. But then the next time they come back, a couple of years later, they've decided that the denture thing doesn't doesn't work for them anymore and they want to move on to implants. Does that happen? <laughs> Sometimes it only takes a few weeks and a few months. But yes, it does happen. And one of the things that the average denture wearer finds is that the loss of what we call masticatory efficiency, your biting and chewing ability. Okay. That's a technical way of saying that. Masticatory efficiency. Yes. <laughs> Consider that one filed away. I like that. That's a great phrase. <laughs> so having said that, we'll park that one, not have to say it again. Okay. <laughs> but what happens is that they realize that after wearing dentures for anywhere from 5 to 15 years, you could lose as much as 80 to 95% of that biting force and ability. And... And what happens when you put implants in, you immediately immediately get a 300% increase of that chewing efficiency and bite force that you're able to generate. And it changes your life. People who wear dentures find that they have to tolerate it, and that's all fine and good. Mm-hmm. But what they realize if they go to implant support teeth immediately is now they're eating foods that they couldn't eat before, that that they are now more healthy because they're eating better and high quality foods right. as well. And there's there's a lot of changes that occur, not just aesthetics and function as well, but sociologically, business-wise, the so whole nine arts. It's a major improvement in quality of life. How many days or weeks does a person have to wait, Dr. Ron, before those, those new implants are okay to really go out the food. How long does that take? We reckon, Obviously, you're not going to yeah. go home and eat a steak the night you get a well, you get your implants. That that would be foolish. But we how rec- many weeks do you have to wait? We recommend that you take two to three months and and gradually grow into it. We know that when you bite on your new teeth, and we put the implants in, we put the dent, the teeth on the implants immediately the same day. So now you have function between the upper and lower teeth on these implants, on these teeth and the implants itself. We know that you put a lot more force on your teeth when you don't have food between them. Interestingly enough. I guess in some cases, while we're sleeping, people grind their teeth while they sleep, don't they? Well, they do. And that can be a massive amount of force. Now, just what we do know by the science is that to get through the force necessary to get through the average raw care, it's about 25 to 28 pounds of force. Okay. Yet, the average person with normal biting force is 150 to 250 pounds of force. That's almost 10 times as much as it takes to get through that raw carrot. Mm. Okay. Now, if you're a grinder, we know that you can put over a thousand pounds of force on your teeth and such. So we have a wide variety. So when it comes to the food itself, we say go gentle to start with. But the reality is, is that with within a couple of months, you should be able to get through most 
regular food products. We just ask you don't open oyster shells with no. your teeth. Well, okay. Or, 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 or pop or beer cans. Or, or anything. That's the principle. Yeah, okay. Well, and that's pretty reasonable stuff. I uh, wanted to back to costs, if you don't mind, for a sure. couple of minutes. Uh, we, we've been doing a pretty good job of comparing uh, dentures and implants and so on. We talked about costs, and you were saying that the cost of dentures is significantly lower than implants. Uh, but then, of course, there's a lifespan issue involved as well. But uh, in terms of support, for example, are dentures covered by uh, corporate or private dentor, dental care uh, programs? I believe they are, and I'm not an expert on what uh, what we call third-party payment plans or dental insurance plans right. cover or they don't cover. But I would expect that dentures are one of those things that are. Okay. And uh, But if you talk about any tooth that goes on an implant, usually that has some coverage. But if you talk about the implant itself, usually not. And if you talk about uh, bone grafting and bone regeneration and such, those are not usually covered by the average dental plan. Well, what about if you, in order to get your implants and all the rest of it, you still have to pull out the old teeth. Now, the now re- that, is that covered by the dental plan? Tooth removal is, but the grafting of the bone is not. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, it just, it helps people to sort of understand because the costs are, can be intimidating. Uh, and of course, we're at New Year's resolution season. You know, today, by the way, is January 12th. And we did a story two weeks ago about how this is the date where a lot of people's resolutions essentially crumble. <laughs> so if you've still got one and you're still hanging on to it, bless your heart, because now you're in a minority. But, you know, for some, Dr. Ron, 2019 is going to be finally the year that I am going to, whatever the cost, I've been putting this off for too blinking long. 2019 is going to be my year to get my smile back. Yes. And, and, and let me just add to the point that we were making a little bit earlier when we're talking about the role of insurance companies, because it plays a large factor when you decide to make a resolution change or uh, execute on a resolution to get your teeth done in 2019. And you need to be aware of the financial costs involved. Absolutely. We have a team of experts in that area, in our reception area at BC Perio, who go into that in detail and find out what everybody's insurance coverage will provide on their behalf. We okay. do that without charge. Okay. And are there payment schedules that can be worked out and all of that kinds of things? Yes. There's flexibility at your end is what you're telling exactly. us. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's important to know. Uh, uh, again, I don't know. We haven't talked about this a great deal in the past, so it's, it's good to know, especially this early point in the year. And we can revisit that uh, aspect of, of it as, as the year unfolds. Uh, as far as, as the cosmetic procedures and the whitening and all of that stuff that we talked about, do people come to you and just, I, I, they wouldn't come to you because you're a specialty operation at Dental Health and Implant Center specifically, but do people just go to dentists and say, look, I don't want, I, I, you can look at my teeth all you want, I just want them whitened. Yes. Yes. In a single and, word. And it, sure. Is, is it, uh, can you do it like once every six months or anything? I, I'm talking about, I'm trying to get the, the notion of, of looking nice and bright uh, and not A, paying an arm and a leg for the process and B, being safe so you don't do things to your teeth that are going to harm you in the long run. Yes. And and we do have people who will come in specifically for that purpose. Okay. Itself. So they come to you for, for that as well. Cosmetics. When we talk about prosthodontics, for example, that falls within that, that character of treatment. And because prosthetics is the management of that tooth part outside of the gum structure. And it could be for crowns. It could be any number of things. It could be veneers. It could be just whitening for that matter. Okay. Are veneers still a popular option? They are. Uh, they have their pros and cons again. And uh, we, don't, we don't do a lot of veneers. 
Uh, but when you take a look at people who want veneers, there's usually a reason for it. And when you take a look at the rest of the factors that go into it, you say, is a bite in a proper character to keep the veneers healthy and stable for right. a lot of years, or will they break down? Sometimes the best approach for cosmetics is the full crown instead of just partial veneering for the tooth itself. So we have to take a look at all the factors that go into it, and the cost isn't significantly different between veneers and the crown. So a lot of it requires an analysis. All right, and a final question to you, and it's about your analysis, because again, we're talking your, your first show of 2019, and we started off talking about uh, the harmonization or the fusion of technique and technology, and now you can sit down with a patient and provide a three-dimensional look at their mouth as it exists now and as it could look like were we to do this or were we to do that, and you can show all sorts of options to the person sitting right there in your chair. And that's the digital technology you're referring to. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely a huge value, so you can predetermine what the end result's going to look like before you enter into the process. Right. And again, that's just the, the, the informed consumer is going to make even better decisions for him or herself. Absolutely true. Interesting stuff. Great to see you again. Likewise, Sterling. Glad you had a good holiday break, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up to you again in a couple more weeks. Thank you. There's Dr. Ron Zoko from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers at 1175 Johnson Street in Coquitlam or in Vancouver at 777 West Broadway. All the information on their website, bcperio.ca. Remember, .ca. There's a bcperio.com, and that'll take you to Texas, and it's no fun. bcperio.ca. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers for a very interesting visit. Next week, we'll be joined by Sherry McMillan to talk about family trusts. And Paul Terrier from Haystacks Financial will talk about mortgages, refinancing, and renewals. Time now for another edition of Dooley Noted. And this time, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at Canada's new drone rules. Thanks, Sterling. Flying a drone in Canada is about to come with more red tape as the feds announced tighter restrictions on Wednesday in order to create safer airspace. The new rules require drone operators to pass an exam and get a pilot certificate if they are flying a larger device. Operators will also be required to register their drones and mark them with that registration number, rules the United States implemented a few years ago. Here's Transport Minister Mark Journeau. Laws are broken. This is very serious business. If you put an object in the air, in, this, in the airspace of this country, you are in fact piloting it. And if you cause an accident uh, that can have enormous repercussions, uh, then uh, you have to realize that there will be, uh, that there will be uh, a price to pay for that. Transport Canada has documented a spike in the number of incidents posing a risk to aviation safety in recent years. The number of reported incidents more than tripled to 135 in 2017, up from 38 incidents when data collection began in 2014. In 2018, the number of incidents fell to 100. Hoping to decrease the number of incidents even further, Transport Canada said its inspectors will issue fines and also partner with RCMP and police across the country. 
I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. Our friend Mario Canseco and his research company have just released a new survey done since January 1st, and this one's about our dining habits, and as you might expect, we're all about our food. Only 1 in 20 of us, or 5%, would go back to a restaurant where the service is great, but the food is terrible. On the other side of the coin, many more of us, as in 52%, would go back to an eatery where the food is great, but too expensive. And younger British Columbians are even more inclined to do that to the tune of 70%. The problem is this is Canada's most expensive city where everything costs more. So dining out has become something we do less often. 48% of us say they dine out once a month. Only 13% say they dine out more than that. Here in Metro Vancouver, 62% say they check out a restaurant's website before a visit. So reviews matter. And when they're treated nicely, 38% say they tip more than 20%. One in four said they've sent back a bad dish, and one in five says they've left a restaurant without tipping. So, while we obviously enjoy our food and going out, we also believe tips are earned, not automatic. And we will overpay for really good food, too. And that is our show for today. Produced by Ben Dooley, Andrew Ferreira is driving the bus. We appreciate your feedback, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions for our show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet them to us at Van Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer right here on 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.